Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We're going to talk a little jazz basketball here momentarily. Uh, we've got Josh Parcell to talk national college football coming up at 5.30, so stay tuned for that. But right now, it is Wednesday, Gordon. I mean, let's uh, hook some listeners up with some tickets. Austin? Do it. This is your chance to win tickets. Win. It's a win ticket Wednesday. 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 Caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE. And you'll win tickets right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, 12th caller, 855-340-ZONE. You're going to get a pair of tickets to go to see Journey. They're going to be on the road next summer with the Pretenders. Uh, featuring all new production and hits from start to finish. Your chance to see them live May 21st at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com or simply be the 12th caller right now, 855-340-ZONE. Can I point something out to you right now? Yes. That Lloyd Cole is uh, addressing a, a room full of young people that appear to be teenagers? Are we sure that that's the best foot we want to put forward as a station? <laughs> Jake, when a judge tells you to do something. <laughs> you know, a few of tomorrow's leaders come into the studio to see what we do around here, and, and we march Lloyd out there. <laughs> is, that, is that the best foot we're putting forward today? Is that what we're doing? Uh, Gordon, do you, need to, do you need to go point. out there and say, listen, don't, don't listen to, to him. Whatever he really. just said, here, let me fix it. <laughs> just, just ignore that. <laughs> And uh, instead, uh, stay in school. All right. <laughs> We're just kidding, of course. Yes, uh, it's a uh, pleasure. We do have a, a group of uh, young people in touring the station, so that's uh, that's pretty cool. As we do from time to time. It happens. It's, it's always fun. We've, we've had them come on our show with us many we times. We have yeah. had them jump on the show before. So yeah. anyway, but yeah, again, we're, Lloyd is the face that we're... <laughs> Oh, boy. The uh. kids are thinking, wow, if this loser can make it, anybody can. Wow, easy on the loser stuff. We're well, just cracking jokes here. And then all of a sudden, you, loser? I was kidding. I don't think Lloyd's a loser. Oh, you're the one. For the said. record. <laughs> it's all fun and games, and then Gordon gets involved and takes it to the next level. I don't mean it. It's a joke. Okay. All right. You know, we're, we're streaming out in that lounge right now. <laughs> so I'm not kidding. Lloyd's in so Gordon's in real trouble then, is that what you're saying? <laughs> you set me up well there, thank you. I don't think we are streaming. Lloyd is, yeah, we are. Lloyd is extremely capable and charismatic. I'm sure he'll do a great job. I do really. Can't even get that sentence out with a straight face. That's because you, you were making funny faces. I me. was not. <laughs> now you throw me under the bus. Uh, let's talk about the Jazz. LeBron, the Lakers in town. Listen, LeBron and the Lakers are really good. There's, there's no doubt about it. But they are coming off a game where they played last night in Denver, and to get the win, Anthony Davis and LeBron both had to go 37 minutes. And on top of that, the Lakers have had, a, I guess, a strain of flu going through oh, the, the team. So that's not the, the best thing in the world for them. Maybe there's a couple of disadvantages that might even the playing field a little bit tonight, and the Jazz do have a day <laughs> off. Uh, but there's no doubt LeBron and Anthony Davis is going to be a tough test. Well, there okay, a few things about the Lakers. Some people, they're 18-3, and three, obviously tied for the best record in the league with the Bucks, 
and uh, they they are different from the Jazz from this perspective. They are nine and two at home. The Jazz are eight and one at home, going for nine tonight. But they are nine and one away from Staples Center, and the Jazz are four and eight on the road. That is the big difference between these two teams right now, and there might be some other things as well. But my question, I guess, as I examine the Lakers, and I've seen them play numerous times this year, they, there are questions about the, 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 the weakness of their schedule. Now it sounds like we're talking about college football again all of a sudden. Yeah, they, they, they've had some easy teams in there. They padded it a little bit. But, I, I, I mean, 21 games, that's a big enough sample size. that The Lakers are a good team. Yeah, I think we could say that. In fact, I picked them second in the West. And, uh, Jake, I can't remember where you had them. Third. But, but they're, better, they're better so far than I thought they would be. Okay, well, there, there is kind of a correlation to a jazz topic here, and I'm going to do something that I just hate doing. And I'm going to give LeBron James credit. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the, the jazz are... are they acquired some big name players, Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, and some some guys that were established elsewhere and that are are coming to to fit in with the Jazz. Uh, the Lakers did the same thing with Anthony Davis, amongst others too, mm-hmm. but but most notably Anthony Davis. And, and we've talked a lot about how when you bring in these new players, how is it going to fit on the floor? How's it going to fit into the culture? Those sorts of things. Here's where I'm going to give LeBron credit. He is totally bending over backwards to make sure that Anthony Davis is happy, involved, and productive. And it's kind of the first time he's ever really had to do that in his career. And you watch how the game starts tonight. LeBron feeds AD. I mean, it's big time in the first half because he wants AD to get his stats. And he knows in the fourth quarter when it comes to winning time, it might have to be LeBron time. So make sure AD still has 25. And then those nights, <laughs> Anthony Davis can go crazy. You think I'm kidding. No. But watching the first half, it's amazing. LeBron, yeah. all he'll do is facilitate Anthony Davis. He'll, he'll do everything he can to get him going. And, and it's really worked. And I give LeBron credit because he could have told AD to fall in line, right? But, but I think he learned his lesson last year. He learned his lesson that you know, LeBron is still really great, but he, he may not be the LeBron that we once knew as far as overall energy goes and whatnot. Certainly the savvy is there. and all, He's playing defense this year. He knows he needs AD. He needs Anthony And he's Davis. going That's to feed point. that beast, man. He, he needs him. He, he wants to win a championship again, and he needs help. He cannot do it the way he once did from that standpoint. And the Lakers are thriving. They have found a way. And... I, I I don't know whether they can keep this up or not. Winning percentage eight fifty seven. I mean, I mean they're not going to continue that. They're not, and the schedule will get harder. But but don't but don't use it. Oh, they haven't played anybody. They stink. I mean, that's not the case. I mean, but but look at how LeBron has treated Dwight Howard coming back to L.A. He told Dwight Howard, "Hey, fall in line, and good things will happen to you." But I don't want to hear a peep out of you. Yeah. <laughs> you just come in off the bench and do your but thing. And that's like all that, we want to know. Guys but, like that are contributing. They're helping out. But they see, have... that's what Dwight Howard needed to be told. Anthony Davis is something different. Yeah. Anthony Davis, he needs to be coddled. It's actually. It's actually really interesting to see LeBron do this. Again, I give him a ton of credit. I give him a ton of credit. Regardless of the the things that he does that sort of bug us, he's a smart man. He certainly He he may lack awareness at times about certain issues, but dude's pretty smart. Right. So we'll we'll see how good this team actually is. I I do give the Jazz a chance tonight. 
Because I don't think they're they're as bad as they showed on the road trip. I don't. I don't. I don't think they're a down forty to Toronto team. I think that they they're still figuring out some stuff, and I think they'll come out with some energy and they're back home. And I'm not saying I would pick the Jazz necessarily, but I think they've they've got. I think they've got a chance to win tonight. I really do. I, I know Quinn has talked a lot about playing with force, but in order to play with force, you've got to be confident. You've got to be confident. I'd. That would be a step in the right direction for the Jazz to have their players step up uh, and confidently take those good shots uh, that that offense will create for them if they will go through the the motions uh, in a positive way to get those open shots. And then when you get them, take them. Take them with confidence. That'll make all the difference in the world. That's why in certain quarters we see the Jazz play so well when they do that. When they don't, then they fall behind. And we've talked about the problems in the second quarter and the bench. Got to come alive, man. And I thought you had some really good ideas, Jake, about maybe <laughs> maybe building up a lead that's big enough, having Joe play with the starters and maybe build that lead up to the point where uh, you can weather the storm over certain stretches. I don't know. They, uh, they're going to be creative. That's one option. That, that's certainly out there. Do now you know, mentioned, Do we have an update on Mike Conley? Okay, so I was, uh, was just about to get to that, and you mentioned Joe, and I think it'll be he's who I'm going to be keeping my eye on tonight because Mike Conley is doubtful officially, although, you know, hearing probably out. I mean, I guess that's exactly what doubtful means, but, you know, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count on Mike Conley tonight. So who replaces him in the not just starting lineup but the major lineups when the Jazz are playing their big lineups who's in there and and taking those minutes and at the end of the Philly game Joe Ingles played so well and he and Rudy were dialed in together mm-hmm. Does Joe handle the ball more, and do we see more of that? And then how will that play into rotations when Mike Conley yeah. inevitably returns? Yeah, so that's I, a great question. It's going to be fascinating to keep your eye on that tonight because that really worked against Philly, and it was like the old Joe Ingles was back for just a minute, and he's going to get more of those opportunities tonight. So how's that going to go? Yeah, so who starts? Jeez, who does start? You well, I mean, you could you could get fancy and leave Joe on the bench and start somebody like Jeff Green and go big, and have Donovan handle the ball at the beginning, mm-hmm. or you can start Joe Ingles, or you can go more traditional and start Emmanuel Mudiay. But I I don't think that Mudiay is a good fit with the other starters. Uh, I just I don't. I, I don't agree. think his game suits. Uh, suits He's kind of really. the antithesis to Joe Ingles when Joe has it going over that stretch that you just described. Yep, uh, Joe was dealing. He was he had good court awareness and was getting the ball where it needed to go. Now I don't know what to say about the fact that they were behind before that by 26, and maybe it's easier to play loose when you're so far behind. But uh, somebody needs to be in that lineup to facilitate the offense, and I'm telling you, it just has not run smoothly enough. And I know the circumstances have been somewhat difficult. And this road trip and whatnot. Before the road trip started, what were they at that point? Eleven and uh, five was it? I'm trying to remember. Well, it's what are they, they now? They were they were one and four on the road trip, so they're twelve and nine. Yeah, eleven and five. There right? you go. Simple math. Yeah, uh, don't do math on the radio. It's a bad but, idea. But. Uh, you know, so it's not like, you know, if they can get back off that schneid now and play the way they were before. And that wasn't absolutely stellar either. I mean, we saw some uh, periods where the Jazz were winning, but they still weren't playing up to what we think their capabilities are. 
Uh, right now would be a good time for them to get on the same page and get some of this stuff fixed because people are wondering what's going on. Can 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 this team work together? Can they can they uh, share the ball? Can they get that assist total up? Can they quit taking floaters? Can they or if they do take floaters, can they start making them? Uh, there's all these questions that the Jazz have to answer, and I know that Quinn Snyder is busy at work uh, finding those solutions. You, when you look at the Lakers starting lineup, by the way, I think I'd go big. I think I'd start Jeff Green and have Donovan on the ball hmm. uh, just because they start Anthony Davis at power forward. Now, that doesn't mean he won't play center at times tonight, but they start him at power forward and they start JaVale McGee at center. And so, so who do you have on the floor in the in the? So I'd quarter? go... Well, what do you mean in the second quarter? Yeah, I mean, once you if you're going to start Jeff Green, then what's the lineup going to look like in that second quarter when many of the bench players are on the floor? Maybe Tony Bradley gets an extra look. Uh, Maybe yeah. you you adjust your your rotation uh-huh. a little bit. Um, that's that's a really good question. But as far as the starters go, I like the Jeff Green on Anthony Davis matchup better than I like Royce O'Neal on Anthony Davis. So bring in Jeff Green and bump everybody else down. That's that makes sense to me because for the very thing that you said about LeBron, they are going. You wait and see. AD is going to get the ball a regular dose of it early in the game. Tonight. Right, and Avery Bradley is going to be out. So who do they start instead of Avery Bradley? I mean, that makes a difference too. But they basically got LeBron as their starting point guard. So you've got to worry about that. I think the more size you can put in the lineup tonight, the better. So. It'll be interesting to see what they do. All right. All right. Joining us now in studio, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, Andrew, we're uh, helping our listeners out there with their love lives today. We are helping a lot of guys. We've seen a lot of guys struggling with ED um, every age. I've got patients in their 20s and 30s every day, seems like. Patients in their 90s every day. So if you've got erectile dysfunction, you're not abnormal. It's more normal than you think. Um, our new treatment is a very good solution, especially if you've been struggling with side effects. The pill, the headaches, if you want more spontaneity, the acoustic wave will open up the blood vessels in the part of the body that you need it the most. And uh, I'll say this, I don't think you need to describe the the injection process yeah. that they do, but let me tell you, I've heard you describe it before and it sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like nothing that anybody should put themselves through, especially when there's an alternative out yeah, there. Yeah, there's a lot of guys doing injections because the pills failed and so they think that's the only solution. I have to inject and it, yeah, you're, I mean, you're right, you can imagine. Um, we get guys off of the pills and the injections every day. So there is another solution. Um, and what's so cool is two to three weeks, you can be back to normal. That's the typical time frame for our treatments. So end of December. Wow. 801-901-8000 is the number to call, and you're taking all the risk out of this for our listeners today. We are. Uh, not a ton of time left for this promotion, but call us now. We'll do the initial assessment, exam, uh, a blood flow ultrasound. This is an analysis of you by a medical doctor. So you'll sit down with him. Uh, normally 300 bucks, totally free if you call us now. Very nice. 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Andrew, thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. That's Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Josh Parcell joins us to talk college football next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Joe, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Want to remind you to join Hans and Scotty coming up tomorrow, hanging out with the good folks over there at Homie. 
Uh, Gordon, we're going to talk a little national college football with our friend Josh Parcell coming up here momentarily. And, of course, uh, very interested to get Josh's thoughts on what's going on with the college football playoff and whether he thinks the Utes should be in. Well, we know from our conversations with him every week for a long time now that he's paying close attention to what they're doing. So at least he's got that going for him. And I'm not sure some of these other guys who have made comments have uh, have uh, been quite as dialed in as uh, he has. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, he makes the magic happen for WFNZ in Charlotte, also Serious XM Radio, not to mention the College Football Country podcast. He's our good friend Josh Parcell. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Hey, we're great. Uh, let's let's get right into it. Let's talk about this playoff chase: Utah, Oklahoma, Georgia. Uh, we can get into Paul Feinbaum's comments uh, as well. But what do you think about how this is all playing out? Well, you know, it could be very anticlimactic on Saturday if Georgia goes in and knocks off LSU. I think then we have our four pretty clear cut. Uh, I think it's really going to be fascinating what happens between Utah and the Big 12 champion, though, guys. I know that's all you you guys can think about right now. I just think that this reeks of yet another example of why the four-team playoff is not enough. I, I just think there are going to be at least one, if not two, teams who will be left out, who absolutely deserve a chance to compete for the national championship. And because 13 guys and guys and girls in, in a boardroom are going to you know, make up their minds one way or the other, it's going to unfairly leave a team out. I, I hate that it could be Utah. I hate that it could be Oklahoma. I hate it for all the guys that, that are going to be on the outside looking in. There's a lot of really good teams this year. Yeah, there are three who are probably in a class by themselves, Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson, but I just hate that there's going to be a couple teams left out this week who probably did everything they possibly could have done to give themselves a chance and a shot at the title. So, Josh, Jake asked a really good question earlier in the show. It's this. What what measure, what criteria does the 13-member committee use to make these decisions? Well, I mean, they, they certainly judge the, they're supposed to judge these teams objectively. They're supposed to judge them without looking at brands and logos and history, tradition, recruiting classes, and, and just judge them based on their body of work for 13 games this season. And, you know, there, there's obviously all sorts of analytical measures that they use, strength of schedule and, and all sorts of things there. And then there is, of course, the all-important eye test and you know, the funny thing is, is you know, I can come up with an answer for you here, but the committee has clearly used whatever criteria is convenient for them when they make that final decision. That's week to week throughout the year, and then also when they get to the final call at the end of the year. I mean, if you remember back in 2014 when Ohio State beat Wisconsin 59 to nothing in the Big Ten championship game, they jumped over Baylor and TCU, and it was it was an eye test kind of deal, right? I mean... That was what the committee used, but in other years they they will use strength of record or game control or head to head. It it feels like the committee just uses whatever is convenient to justify whoever the four teams are that they put in. Out of the undefeateds, uh, Clemson, uh, LSU, and Ohio State, who can afford a loss in their championship games? Well, absolutely LSU. 
I mean, LSU has so many high-quality wins. I don't think there's any doubt that if the Tigers lose, they'll still get in. Uh, you just think about whoever is competing for that fourth spot, whether it's Utah, Oklahoma, or Baylor, none of those teams have the number of top 15, top 20 wins that LSU would have. It's, it's an incredibly impressive resume. And also a loss to Georgia isn't exactly anything to sniff at. When you start comparing the losses, Utah's loss to USC, it's not a bad loss, but it's certainly a worse loss than to Georgia on a neutral field. Same thing for Oklahoma, whose loss was to Kansas State. Baylor would be the more interesting one, but Baylor's only high-quality win would really be against Oklahoma. So LSU just has so many more wins stacked up. LSU can definitely afford to lose this week, as long as they don't get embarrassed. And I just can't see something like that happening. They're, they're playing too well. Uh, I think Ohio State can also afford a loss. I mean, no team has been as dominant as them. Top three in the nation in scoring offense and defense. That's just as complete of a team as there is in college football. If they lose this game this weekend to Wisconsin, they'll still have beaten every team on their schedule. And the top 20 wins that they have, which is plenty, will all be by double digits. I I find it hard that they could leave Ohio State out even if they lose this game, which would be weird because you'd be leaving out Wisconsin in the Big Ten champion as well as probably two other conference champions at the same time. So, Josh, uh, as you presumed, we have been talking a lot about the Big 12 and Oklahoma going up against Baylor, six versus seven in that title game, and the Utes going up against uh, 13 Oregon. And we, we, we're kind of paranoid to the point where we have a feeling that Oklahoma might jump Utah if they do beat uh, Baylor. What happens if Baylor beats Oklahoma? Man, that is such a good question. And I believe that it should go to Utah. Uh, if you look at Baylor's non-conference schedule, it is atrocious. Stephen F. Austin, UT San Antonio, and Rice. I don't think they should be rewarded for that. And by the way, they barely hung on to beat Rice by eight. Uh, I just don't know that Baylor's resume is all that complete. Utah has been much more of a complete team. I mean, you're looking at Utah having, as you guys know, having thoroughly beaten just about everyone on its schedule. Uh, Or rather, uh, Baylor hasn't done that. I mean, Baylor has struggled not only against a team like Rice, they, they barely got by a mediocre Texas Tech team. They they struggled with West Virginia, TCU. It was a miracle that they beat TCU in in multiple overtimes just a few weeks ago. This TCU team, or rather this Baylor team, just doesn't have the look of a top-four team at any point this season. I, I can't point to one game that they've played where I say, yeah, that team can win a national championship. Utah has played several games like that, especially down the stretch. I mean, dominating, blowing out all this, these teams. Say what you want about the Pac-12. It, it's got some teams that are at least competitive, and Utah hasn't made it look that way. So I just feel like Utah over Baylor should be an easy call. Oklahoma's a little bit more of a compelling case just because the Sooners do have, you know, they'll have three probably ranked wins, at least two if not three ranked wins uh, on their resume. So, yeah, I, I would say Oklahoma certainly has a case. Baylor, I really, I might be wrong, but I would not worry about Baylor if I were you guys. I would, I would be rooting for Baylor. Josh Parcell with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. About the game itself on Friday, Utah, Oregon, how do you see it? I got to say, I like Utah. I, you guys have just been more consistent. Uh, start to finish this season. Oregon is really good. I know Oregon's got a terrific defense as well. 
uh, and they are battle tested. They've played in plenty of big games themselves. But I just look at Oregon offensively; it hasn't quite clicked uh, consistently. Like I said, start to finish for them. Justin Herbert has been really good, but you saw him struggle in that Arizona State game. You've seen him have some uh, erratic moments throughout the season. I tend to lean Utah here. I think Utah is going to keep Oregon out of the end zone. I think they're going to create some turnovers. The pressure that they're going to generate on Herbert, I think, will lead to some short fields, one or two, not many, but I think that's enough. And I I just think this Utah team is on a mission right now. I I know Oregon's a really quality team, and it's going to be a close game, but I really love the versatility of Utah's offense combined with what I believe is the most underappreciated defense in America at Utah – I hope that they come out on, uh, on this weekend and, and prove a lot of people wrong because this team, to me, has the look of a top-four team, and I think they'll prove it on Friday night. The whole idea, Josh, of these non-conference games and the importance that they carry as far as giving one team an advantage over the other, you talked about Baylor having a, a really easy uh, uh, go in that regard. But the flip side to that is Oregon. If Oregon hadn't gone back and played Auburn, They'd have just one loss, too, right now. You know, so uh, if you're a scheduler, I don't know. This is just sort of hocus pocus. I I don't know what the right answer is. It is funny. It it has helped teams in some cases, and it's hurt them in others. Like, remember a couple of years ago when Ohio State beat the Sooners in Norman, and then Ohio State lost a game later that season, and it actually helped Ohio State get in. So those games can help you a lot. I remember um, there have been a couple of instances of teams that have played poor non-conference schedules, and it has hurt them at the end. Baylor was a perfect example. Baylor back in 2014 had an awful non-conference schedule. The rest of the year they looked great. The one loss was to TCU, but Baylor was left out, and a big reason why was their schedule was so weak, especially out of conference. So it is funny like you point that out. It, it can help you as much as it can hurt you. Um, but I think for Oregon and teams that are scheduling strong out of conference, I think it's a risk worth taking because you you win that game, it gives you a little bit more margin for error within your conference schedule. And I know Oregon, you know, they blew that game. But let's think about this: if Oregon had the one loss right now and hadn't lost to Arizona State, yeah, the win over Utah is tremendous, and it would give them two high quality wins. They would probably be in over Oklahoma, but we would still be having that debate regardless. So I think has you know it, it, it it's one way or the other. It's ha- or half dozen one way, half dozen the other. I, I just don't know that it's there's there's a, a strict strict formula that teams have figured out just yet on how to crack the playoff committee code. Well, Josh, uh, it should be fun to watch this all play out at very least. Josh, I wanted, uh, it, it absolutely should. No matter what Paul Feinbaum says. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about his comments. We were told that you heard them. What did you make of uh, it's Utah? Uh, the country doesn't want to see the Utah. I think Paul's actually right. <laughs> I, I think that generally speaking, we talk about television ratings and, and what's going to have the most sex appeal for the playoff. It isn't Utah. The, the diehards, the people who really follow the sport, I think they would love to see the Utes in here because they'll appreciate how good of a team they are and they're a deserving team. But the brands that that drive college football, that is Oklahoma. And if the Sooners were to win, that's going to be a really close call between those two programs. Oklahoma is a team with national championship pedigree. They've got by far the biggest star of either of those two teams, Jalen Hurts versus anyone on Utah. I love Zach Moss. I love Huntley. I love those guys. But Jalen Hurts is – 
one of the three biggest stars in the country right now. So, yeah, when you talk about drawing revenue and, and, and ratings and excitement for the playoff, I think the the television network ESPN, that they would want Oklahoma to be in. Now, a purist who watches these two teams and says which one deserves to be in more, I think there's a compelling case for Utah. But drawing in the casual viewers – it's a much easier sell when, when you've got a, a brand like Oklahoma. I hate that for Utah, and I don't think that should factor in whatsoever to the final decision. But, yeah, I mean, what Paul Feinbaum said, while it might sting, uh, I do think that it's actually a pretty fair judgment. Well, Josh, thank you as always for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. Enjoy the football this weekend. No doubt about it, guys. You all have a great weekend. You too. All right, that's Josh Parcell, WFNZ in Charlotte, Sirius XM uh, College Football Radio, as well as the College Football Country Podcast. That goes to the branding stuff we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, something that we're uh, – and we, you and I had discussed whether that's what he was really getting at or whether it was just a matter of some stere- old stereotypical thinking. And I think it's a mix of both. Mm-hmm. I do. I I think fine moms is stereotypical. I do. That's That's just my opinion on it. I mean, how could you, how could you have watched Utah at all and have that opinion? Just dismiss like that. Well, you can't. Seriously, I mean, you know, I'm no Ohio State fan, but I've watched them enough that you can't just <laughs> go, "Oh, Ohio State." I mean, because they're Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, I've watched the game. Yeah, I've seen they're pretty it, good. I've seen it play out. You know, I saw Utah smash Arizona State, who's not a bad team. We saw Utah beat Washington. You know, we saw Utah smash UCLA, which isn't a particularly good team, but they're probably better in Arizona. And Colorado had a couple of nice wins. They smashed them, too. I mean, we they, they've done enough that you can't just throw them in the dismiss pile. Right. Like, back in the day with Boise, when they made a living off winning one non-conference game right. and then basically beating a team in the bowl game, I can see how they can dismiss that. I, I can. You can. Well, okay. You got up for one game. Congratulations. But I mean, I don't know. How could you not watch what Utah's doing and just dismiss like that? Just, oh, Utah. What? Well, uh, one thing I'm hopeful of or for is I'm heading out to cover this uh, Pac 12 championship game. I will be there. I'll be watching it with my own eyes, Jake. If the Utes win that game and they don't get in, the playoff i hope for the sake of this team and how good this team seems to be that the utes can have the time of their lives at the rose bowl and it's a terrific bowl game i don't know how this thing is going to all play out but if the utes win and they don't get into the playoff i hope that the fan base will be energized and have the time of their lives down there in pasadena because it's a terrific bowl game they'll have a quality opponent down there so we'll see how it all turns out. Uh, one thing that has concerned a lot of Ute fans is the Oregon game first. Hmm. <laughs> Obviously, they have to win that one. And Oregon, I mean, I know they didn't look good against ASU, but that's not a bad team. That team's pretty darn good. They are. All right, um, we're going to get Jazz pregame underway, top of the 6 o'clock hour. Coach Chiesa in the house, getting you ready for the Jazz and the Lakers. But more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big 
show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz game night, pregame show coming up right around the corner. Coach Gordy Chiesa is going to join me, getting you ready for the Jazz and the Lakers. But real quick, Gordon, I mean, this just seems crazy to me that we – this hasn't even crossed our our, um, our our palette today. BYU is playing Utah in basketball yeah, and is just are. about to start. Yoli Childs returns tonight for the Cougs. Just in time for the – for the big rivalry game. I want to get to your final thoughts on Jazz Lakers, but do you have any thoughts on, on BYU-Utah tonight? Is there anything that's that's catching your fancy? Well, as you know, I'm not a huge college basketball fan, but uh, that game does have some intrigue to it. Uh, how good are these teams? We really don't know yet. They've shown some positive signs. Utah seems to be a little better than we thought they were going to be, but we'll see how it turns out. And BYU, with the addition of... Yoli uh, could be uh, much better than they've been thus far, but they've won most of their games. So we'll see how it goes. I normally I'd I pick, wouldn't bet on it one way or the other. No, I wouldn't either. And, and honestly, I, I would probably pick the Cougars. But Utah has been better than That's than I was I giving them uh, credit for. And mm-hmm. Timmy Allen and Booth Gotch are both really really good. So I mean that roster is super young. Um, but I think it should be a pretty competitive game tonight. All right, let me toss it back at you. Who okay. wins tonight between the Jazz and the Lakers? I would probably pick the Lakers, but I I give the Jazz a, certainly a fighting chance. I mean, the Lakers have some things working against them. The flu, second night of a back-to-back. Uh, tough game in Denver last night. That certainly was no no easy game for them. And uh, the Jazz have had the time to rest. and uh, But they haven't been playing that well. And they're going to be most likely be missing Mike Conley. So, I mean, it, it's... It's probably not a recipe for a W, but they certainly could get one. Sometimes people talk about that first game back off of a long road trip being almost like a road game in addition to. But I think the timing of this is important for the Jazz. This is an opportunity for them to get things arranged properly. And if Mike doesn't play, then obviously they're out of sorts a little bit. But still, if they came back after that 1-4 and four on the road trip and they beat the Lakers, I, I think that would be a huge boost for them. And People they, would be feeling and, and better. They, they need a boost in confidence, yeah. I think. So we'll see how that goes. And by the way, Gordy has some great stuff coming up in the pregame, uh, and I'm eager to hear what your response will be to some of the things he's got planned. I think you might end up arguing with him a little bit. Could never argue with Coach. Only you, Gordon. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. You you approve of his list tonight. You want to put that as a tease? I have a feeling it's going to be pretty good. Okay. Uh, joining us now in studio, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, uh, Andrew, our listeners have got to take a, take advantage of this. Get some help. Get some help with your relationship. Yeah, there's so many men that are struggling in silence. They've got erectile dysfunction, but they don't know what to do with it. Or they just refuse to get it treated. I, I see that all the time. Guys say, oh, there's no way I'll, I'll ever go to the ED clinic, which, you know, I can understand, but the treatments we have are so easy. In two to three weeks, we can have you back to normal. Um, increasing the blood flow, avoiding the medication, get in, get the free assessment. You know, you say you can understand, and I get it, people are apprehensive about this, but this is a big part of life. Yeah. You, you know, if, if there's some treatment out there that can, can help you with your relationship and, and this part that's sometimes not fun to talk about, but if yeah. there's something out there get over that and get in and get it taken well, care yeah, of and you know deal with the embarrassment or yeah. whatever it is for two to three weeks and then reap the benefits right. for so long um you're not alone guys they think they're the only ones calling they're the only ones going to the clinic we've treated thousands of men so many guys have this issue and it's so much worse to 
struggle with ED than to get it taken care of. All right, so the number is 801-901-8000, and you've got a great deal for our listeners. We do. Last chance of the day, guys. Um, free assessment, free exam, blood flow ultrasound. This is set up to take advantage of with no cost. Um, come in, see where you're at, see if the treatments are a good fit for you. Worst case, you get some great information. And it doesn't cost anything if you call us now. 801-901-8000-801-901-8000. Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Gordon, you uh, you have yourself a nice evening. I'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. You too, Jake. Thanks. All right. Jazz Game Night pregame show kicks off next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.